Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 100 of How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron, and I just recorded a whole long babbling thing about how exciting it is to hit 100, and then I deleted it because it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. Um, Sometimes I feel as new at this as I did the day I started this podcast at 001. Now we're at 100, and I don't know if I know much more. I certainly know that I still love sitting in this seat. I love talking to you guys. I love hearing from my listeners, from you. I love it when you guys email me and tell me what you're doing, what you're working on, or what either me or one of my guests says to you that resonates with you. Today, you guys, I'm talking to Orna Ross. I know Orna just through the writer sphere. Um, She started the Alliance of Independent Authors. She is fantastic, and I've always really, really admired what she does, but this episode takes it to a new level. You are going to be so inspired by listening to her. I cannot wait for you to get there, so I'm going to go through all this intro stuff pretty quickly. Um, I got back from Writer's Digest Conference in New York, and it was fabulous. It was so good. Um, Just this month, I've hit 10 years of being professionally writing. 10 years ago this month is when I got my agent. Uh, So I've been writing before that. Of course, I had three books that I never finished. I had the one book that I had finished, revised, and sent out and got my agent. So there'd been work for years and years and years before I got my agent. But when I got my agent and she sold the book the month or two months later, um, that's when I really feel like my professional writer's journey began. And so for 10 years, approximately once a year, I go to New York and I do professional stuff. You know, I see my agent, I have lunch with my editor, I, I do the stuff that you do in a working town. It sounds fancy, but it's really not fancy. It's just part of work. Although I still get a thrill out of it, of course, I will tell you. Uh, But this time was the first time that somebody brought me there. Writer's Digest bought my plane ticket. They bought my hotel room. Um, It just felt different. It was also really handy that I had just signed a new contract uh, with Dutton and Penguin, and I got to have drinks with my new editor, who's darling by the way she rents the runway and was there in this couture dress after work that she just looked beautiful in and she's so smart and fun and sweet and I definitely already love working with her so it was wonderful to be at Writer's Digest I gave um, two presentations and I was on one panel and I met a ton of people and I, I need to admit this out loud because I feel really stupid about it uh one of the things I love about going to conferences is connecting with new people. I give my presentations. I talk really fast. You may have noticed. And I give a lot of information in these presentations. And I encourage everyone just to listen and not take notes or, you know, hold up their phones to take pictures of the PowerPoint, which has a lot of information on it. Um, and I use that as uh, essentially a bribe, which I'm very upfront with. I say, if you sign up for my writer's email newsletter, I'll send you this PDF. And then you have all the notes right there. It's, it works really well. Uh, so I got a lot of 
email addresses and I have lost the Galdang clipboard. It is somewhere safe. I put it somewhere safe. I know that, but I can't find it. So um, until I find it, I am looking like this jerk who promised literally hundreds of people I would send them the PDF this week. And I haven't and I can't until I find the clipboard. Uh, So if you're a new listener to my show who came to me from Writer's Digest, I'm not a big liar. I'm not a big jerk, usually. And I plan on putting you on the email list when we get there and sending you the PDF. But until then, I've decided what I'm going to do after filming this is um, I'm just going to put up both PDFs of uh, Find Success Writing Romance and the hour-long version of Fast Draft Your Memoir, um, which is an entire book and an entire semester-long course that I give in like one hour. I'm going to put those PDFs up at my blog. So go to rachelherron.com slash blog and find it there. Even though you, most of you listeners were not at Writer's Digest, go grab it if you want. Go flip through those pages. It's not like the same as me presenting it in front of you because I say approximately 400,000 times more words than are on those slides, but at least there's information there and you might like it. So um, grab that. And if you're not on my email newsletter list, please sign up. Um, if, if I haven't put you on there yet, if you haven't gotten on there yet, I send one email a week, eh, yeah, one email, one or two emails a month, perhaps not always every week, uh, just encouragement to writers. So you want to be on that. You can get to that by rachelherron.com slash write. You can sign up there. Um, business wise, I'm deep in revision on the thriller, and this is the most awesome revision. It's the one from your editor, the one where everything is just almost in place and you're just deepening and enriching, enriching your characters and your plot. And when I talk a lot about this with Orna in our interview, um, because I've really been struck by how much deepening I'm actually doing. And it is bliss, people, absolute bliss. I cannot wait to get to the page in the morning. Uh, since talking to her, I've been hitting the page at five in the morning, uh, just for a few minutes, just to kind of break the seal and then doing my deep work later on in the morning. And it has been going smashingly. There is nothing to me like this part of writing when you're, when you're revising a book that has already been revised so many times. And now you're just putting the real extra polishing touches on. So it's, almost the way you really, really want it to be. And it's fantastic. Um, a little update on my Patreon pledge drive. Holy crap. You guys, thank you. 36 new patrons came in during this year's Patreon pledge drive. I will not list you all here because that would be boring. If you would like your name read off on the show, I'm happy to drop me an email and, um, I would love to, but I'm not going to run through all 36, but I want to say that the 36 of you pledging at different ranges, one dollar makes a huge difference uh, on these Patreon campaigns, and it means so much to me. So a deep, heartfelt, loving thank you to patrons, new and old. And uh, you know how somebody was going to win a visit from me, <laughs> which was a little bit terrifying, and I was worried I was going to have to fly across the country and see a, you know, a serial murderer or something who signed up for my Patreon campaign on the hopes of winning so that they could kill me. Uh, that didn't happen. The person who was randomly drawn is actually a uh, somebody I've worked with, a client that I've coached before. So we're going to get to hang out and that's going to be fun. And she's not far away from me. So that was very handy. Promise it was random, but um, I was a little bit relieved that I don't have to go meet somebody new. I'm shy. I am shy. I swear. So uh, please enjoy the interview with Orna. I know you will. 
drop me a line, tell me anything that you're working on. Thank you for being here for uh, one episode. If you've been here since the beginning, thanks for being here for 100 episodes. I'm not planning on going anywhere. I love doing this. I love connecting with you in this way. And thank you. Happy writing. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more thrilled. I know I always say that, but today I mean it as I always mean it, but really I mean it today to have (laughs) Orna Ross on the show. Welcome, Orna. Thanks so much, Rachel. I'm thrilled too. Oh, you're sweet. You're <laughs> sweet. Let me give a little introduction uh, for those who might not know you yet. Uh, Orna Ross is an award-winning novelist, poet, creative facilitator, and self-publishing advocate. She is founder director of the Alliance of Independent Authors and has repeatedly been named one of the 100 most influential people in publishing. Born and raised in Ireland, she now lives in England, dividing her life between London, for her the best city in the world, and one of the most creative spots outside the capital, St. Leonard's on Sea. And Orna, I am just so excited to talk to you. I I believe that you are one of the people in this industry that gives back the most, and you truly, not only do you write fiction and poetry and nonfiction to help writers, But the Alliance of Independent Authors just does so much for writers. And I want to say right at the outset, a huge thank you from this community to you. I don't know if you hear it often enough, but I hope you do. Um, What you do is incredible work. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. We do our we do our best. We you know, it's a fantastic community to to be working in. And I, you know, I consider it a great pleasure and honor to to do what we do. Um, I truly believe, you know, what what's happening now among authors is unprecedented yes. in the history of human race, you know, so yes. it's very exciting privilege to be here right in the middle of it so yeah I it, it's sometimes challenging balancing everything but it's well well worth it so um yeah and thank you for the thank you that's lovely of course and I and I love what you say um I often talk about it that you know that the world has been around for three billion years and that human humans like us have only been around for 200,000 years and written language like cave writing has only been around for 37,000 years. And what we are able to do right now in sharing our thoughts has only been around for about 10 years. You know, the the fact that we're living in this. Yeah, absolutely. Age, and yeah. This time, absolutely. I completely agree. Sorry to cut across you. I'm so excited about it all. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, people complain about young people on their phones and texting and so on. And I just constantly think, you know, <laughs> we, we're talking less. We're writing more. This yes. is good. This is good, people, because uh, the written word is magical. It allows us to transcend space and time and indeed uh, as we are doing now in a different way also so many amazing things are happening uh, around communication and particularly for people like us who are creative types you know uh, writers it was so isolating before it was such a, a a lonely job in many ways and now I think it's the most social job in the world maybe it really is but it's still good 
for people like me who are at heart introverts. I'm, I'm a ha- happy extrovert when I need to be. But the fact that you and I can be talking, just the two of us on this intimate little connection across the waters, um, and it feels intimate and it is intimate, but then we're going to share this with other writers is, it's just something I just revel in. I just love it. Yeah, me too. Magic. <laughs> it is magic. It is magic. Well, this particular podcast is about writing process, and I'm fascinated by your process because I, I haven't heard you talk much about it, um, but I know you ha- must have some amazing process of some sort because you get so much done in so many different arenas, and I would love for you to tell me and the audience about when and where and how do you get your writing done. Sure. Well, it's the old story. Um, you know, what you do first gets done. So uh, writing comes first. <laughs> I've actually uh, never comes... heard it said so clearly. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So writing comes first in the day. And uh, so I, you know, I, I, I do um, various other practices that support the writing and um, that gets me beyond things like resistance and block and doubt and stuff like that that I don't really suffer from anymore. And um, But yeah, I think the, the chief thing is that I, I get up and basically I start writing. I don't really let anything come between those, those two things. And then um, I get up early in order for my writing to be done because I have a busy day ahead of me most days. And occasionally then I, I sneak off and take a whole day just for writing, you know, <laughs> so it was all, always a treat or a, um, a writing retreat and weekend or whatever. I'm also very, um, because I've been around for a long time, I'm a very, uh, of a very advanced old age. Um, <laughs> I've worked, I worked out my process. I've, you know, I've completed a number of books and all of this gets easier the more you do it. And I'm very familiar with the seven stages of the creative process and and how, how my own process fits into that. But um, and the, the way in which the same process is part of creating an enterprise or creating a nonprofit or creating a, you know, a, a a podcast or whatever it might be it's the same seven stages that we go through and I, I'm good now at knowing what stage I'm in and you know what brand of crazy goes with that particular stage and not to take too much notice of it and just to keep on doing and trust the process and that it will work out so um yeah and, and that's it really it's just about don't think just do thinking about it interferes <laughs> with it in a big way just Absolutely. have your task and do it yeah and I and I think it's like anything else as soon as you know if I think about working out I will not work out I must Correct. just go to you know put on my yoga clothes before I think if I think about it I'm done if I think about whether I'm going to write today that's almost guaranteed that I will not write and it's just the rote habit for me of just like you, like you just sitting down. Um, and I don't mean to quiz you and you may have to look these up and may not be able to answer this right now, but, but I don't know what the seven stages are off the top of my head. Do you, could you share those with us if you, if you do yeah, know them? Yeah, yeah sure. And um, so the first one's intention, what you just mentioned there. If you said, mm. you know, as you said, if I don't know whether I'm going to write or not, 
it probably means I'm not um, <laughs> if I'm dithering around that in any way so the first is a clear intention mm. and and that's intention is very very complex and also very simple but it it's much more profound than people realize so there is the intention to do the activity but there's also the intention for the work the outcome and mm. some part of your intention is subconscious and and some part of it is conscious but setting a conscious creative intention which is time based and which is you know place based you know where you're going to do it and all that kind of stuff that's the first thing mm-hmm. um we incubate the intention and and these seven stages aren't linear nothing in the creative world is linear they kind of dance around each other in <laughs> this interactive walls but the next stage is it must kind of go into the deep mind you can't carry it all in the conscious mind won't work um so it's there's an incubation process going on and i have very specific um ways in which I've I kind of nurture that incubation process. And then there is an investigative process going on as well. That will be stage three. Um and that's investigation uh, sort of like research for the project, but mm-hmm. which is the most obvious thing, but also research of the imagination and also of the memory, you know, what you've done before and 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 all of this is is there is a, a way of drawing this out so that you move through that that stage in a more sort of organized way. Mm-hmm. The fourth stage then, you have to have those three done in a way before you hit the drafting, which is the next stage. This is the actual right. making of the the blueprint, you know, with with a... Um, In the writing, it's obviously your first draft and it's great to just in that stage, having done the first three properly, you just start and you keep going until you finish. Don't look back. Don't chew the pen. Don't think about what what you're doing. Just keep on producing. I could not agree more. Yeah. Lower your standards right down to <laughs> the yes. worst rubbish yes. in the whole wide world. Yeah. Just get it, get it finished to an acceptable stage where there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And it would make sense to an objective person who would read it and say, yeah, it's a bit all over the place, but I know what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. I, I can see where you're, where you're going. The next stage, um, and this is an answer to a question that I think you're going to ask later, I can come back to it, is the deepening stage. And most writers neglect this stage. They jump straight into editing if they haven't already jumped into it, you know, back when they were incubating or back mm-hmm. when they were researching or back when they were drafting or maybe even back when they were hadn't even fully worked out their intention. They're already in the editing right. mode. And this is the thing that stops most people and and you know, slows down so many books. And and I speak here from bitter experience <laughs> when I started out because it, it took me an inordinate number of years to um to write my first book. And indeed, on a recent project, I got stuck on this. I thought I knew more than I did. I jumped into editing way too soon. I hadn't deepened the project and I actually ended up having to withdraw the book and I'm redoing it uh, completely. So, you know, it it happens, but it's not ideal. The ideal when you have drafted is to put it away. Ideally, Mm. if you could if you could put it away and begin another project and then come back to it when you've completely cleared your head. Mm -hmm. But the deepening anyway is about going back to your original intention and examining the work. It's about picking out the bits that you like and holding them up as a sort of a standard and then thinking about the, the parts that you don't like so much or you, if you can see are not quite working towards your intention or not as successful as you would like them to be. And then when you've got 
it fully deepened and, you know, lovely and ripe and rich only then to begin the editing. And, um, and to have a very clear editing pathway through is good. To have good, you know, clarification questions, which bring out the best in the work and not to go in there with the red pen, you know, English teacher attitude, but serving mm-hmm. the work, allowing it to be what it wants to be. And then the final stage is kind of the presentation, putting it out there. Very important to have a party of some kind. <laughs> Agreed. You know, yes. And to, to celebrate that you have been through a marathon before you begin the work of, of publishing it and, get, and putting it out there. I have heard you speak of this in the past. And, um, and the thing that always blows me away is this idea of the deepening because it is just not discussed. I agree. It's not talked about uh, enough at all. And and I see it again and again and again where work that is really promising and, re, you know, something, a great concept, a really good idea, well worked out. The person can write. They put, the, put in their time. They've done their apprenticeship. You know, lots is there. But the book is is patchy. It doesn't mm-hmm. it isn't hasn't gone there fully emotionally or at the craft level, because it's the same thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that, you know, I see again and again. And uh, yeah, I think we do it in life, too. You know, we don't we don't go as deep as we can as we could. Absolutely. We, yeah, I, we're trained not to anyway. Um, but, you know, it is really important. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you kind of mentioned I, it. And I love that, that you you bring this up. I think as human beings, we are just this is something I always think about and maybe it's just that I'm inherently lazy but I think as human beings there are these lazy bits of ourselves that when we think this is probably as good as I can get it we embrace that well this is probably as good as I can get it and I'm I'm really struck by this because um I've been I've been working on this thriller for about a year and a half and it's sold and it's been ed- it's been revised a million times between me and my agent and I just got my editor's letter back and um she loves it and she doesn't want many changes, just a few things at the end. Um, but as I've been going through this final edit that, you know, I could, I could take the easy way out or I really, really spent time going into the character motivations and realizing that I had not ever really developed who these women were as much as I really could. And so I'm working harder to deepen these characters, which if you'd asked me if I could do that six weeks ago, I would have told you I could not. Um, Good for you. But it's fantastic. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing that like, you know, that, that even with a lot of experience at this, there's, there's things that can just still knock you out. And I didn't have language for what I was doing, this deepening, um, because I'd forgotten that you said it, although I've heard it before. So I think I'm just going to put that in my in my hopper for everything that I do to a book is the deepening has to happen. And I'm so glad that you said that just kind of blew my mind. So thank you. <laughs> Obviously this was meant to happen at this moment of your uh, developing this particular work. It so really, yeah, yeah. Really, good really one. I, I have some questions actually that I'll send on to you that are very useful for the deepening stage. Oh, I would love that. And I'll put them in the show notes. Um, all oh, right. Cool. Yes, for for listeners who know I don't ever do show notes, I'm starting to do show notes now because I have a new uh, website. How do you write dot net? So they'll be there. Um, perfect. So, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Uh, finishing. 
<laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, just getting it across the line. I'm a tinkerer, you know. I never mm. want to let it go, and um, there is always something, you know. I can, and in that way, if there is as a, a a downside for being an indie for me, it is that I'm I'm never, you know, I I, I hold it too long. So finishing is my my biggest challenge, and uh, as a result, I end up with too many projects open at the same time so I'm trying to discipline myself to to you know not open and I'm under a strict instructions from myself <laughs> not to start anything else until the ones that are, are there and you know are finished off so I do the, the same thing now challenge. that whole shiny yeah. the shiny new object syndrome is just so delicious you know yeah uh, what is your biggest joy in writing uh finishing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, anybody's yeah, ever answered it that way, and I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. At the end, you know, and when when that actually does get handed over, when the copy edit is finished, and we're just at that proofreading stage, that's my yes, my biggest joy. I I just love. I feel so good. Yes. There, there isn't a high like it in the world, there is there? Isn't. It's just I feel fantastic at that point. And you're right. That proofreading phase is you just can't do anything else. There's just you're looking for typos and nothing else. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's over. Next. <laughs> so can you share a craft tip with us of any sort? Or was it the deepening? Did we already touch on it that? It was the deepening. Perfect. I, I, I thought I would talk about that today and the importance of it. And 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 if, you know, if you're happy to include the questions, then I think that's, that's there's plenty of craft um, embedded in that phase. You know, just automatically by doing the work, you're becoming a better craftsperson. Would you like to talk about those questions now or should we just put them in the show notes? There are so many of them, oh, actually, okay, and it also depends on, you know, specifically what what needs to be deepened, yes. if you know what I mean. So yes. for some people, it's a matter of elaboration. You know, they haven't, they, they've written too sketchily, they've outlined, mm-hmm. but they haven't actually gone, gone there at the physical uh, sense description level often. Mm-hmm. It could be something mm-hmm. like that. Or more often, it's an emotional cutout. So it, the, the very reason you were drawn to write this book, you're kind of cutting out, uh, and mm. you've brought it up. You've brought it all up. You've raised the the questions, but you haven't actually suffered enough yet. Yes. <laughs> and you need to kind of go in there and suffer a bit more. You know, make your character suffer a bit more and suffer a bit more yourself in the doing and in the working out. So it it and and then lots in between. But it they're the two polarities where it is at, at the stylistic level or it's at the emotional level. So it's really I'm I'm picturing a garden metaphor. This is really the difficult driving the fertilizer in and making sure those weeds are removed is that is that yeah, right yeah. yeah i think that the removing of the weeds is is our, it's almost like watering it during a drought and you know continuing mm. to care for it even though you don't really see it uh, quite you know the, the shoots are there but it's not identifiably yet the plant it's going to be you know and just ensuring that it gets the right conditions for it Mm -hmm. to emerge so it's it's a it's still a very intuitive process at this point the conscious um clarifying mind comes in in the editing phase but in this stage you're almost returning to the incubation 
where you're doing very yes. um, the the work is telling you what it needs. Your job is to just kind of tend it and and be there, giving it the conditions it needs to to thrive. Yes, I, that's and that's what surprised me about this particular deepening, is that I went back and basically did the same character work that I usually do at the very beginning of a book, which was a year and a half ago, and I I restarted it and realized I'd lost the thread. And I'm, I'm, oh, so this is, I'm sorry I'm making it about me. This is, this is about you. It's just so fabulous. It's so fabulous. No, no, not at all. It's great to have an example, actually, because these, these concepts can be a bit abstract. So it's wonderful to actually apply it to something that's actually in progress at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So when you have self-doubt or those dark days or the days you feel like you'll never finish, how do you personally deal with that? Well, I deal with it in advance. So oh, my, my, yeah, my, how I try to, to, and, and ever more successfully approach this is not to have those days. And I do that by, um, consciously having what I call creative flow practice. And let's talk about is, that because I love this. I, I do the same thing, but tell us how that works for you. Yeah, well, um, how it works for me is there are three, a mind, a body and a, a spirit one. So um, I do an effortless exercise, which is about exercising in a particular way, which uh, the mind turns off and it's not competitive or anything like that. It's not about having a fabulous body or it's not about anything more than just doing it and being in the joy of, of kind of movement for its own sake. Mm. And then I have a meditation, inspiration meditation, which is specifically designed to kind of calm the febrile creative mind and and step into what I call the space between the words. Mm-hmm. And then uh, free writing is the other thing. And free writing is writing fast, raw, exact and easy, um, mainly fast. And again, it's it's that kind of intuitive taking dictation practice, just 15 minutes of either on a specific theme or whatever is there in the mind, just putting that down. And I've actually started uh, doing this now on Facebook Live with a group in in a closed group, um, create the Creativist Club, which is a um a Facebook, you know, just a a Facebook group for for creative entrepreneurs, who really people who are some of them are writers, some of them are artists. We have coaches and counselors, and they're they're movers and shakers of various kinds. Mm-hmm. And we actually come together on Facebook Live um four mornings a week to practice this way together, and that's really nice. So I just find if I do that practice in that way. I don't actually, it keeps the, the lacerating self-critic at bay and it, it, you know, there isn't time or space for doubt. Everything just proceeds nicely if I just do the practice. And do you do this practice before? You dive into the real work for the day, the real writing. I I actually, how I do it is I get up very early. I do a short piece of writing timed on the specific work that I'm working on. Just Mm -hmm. to to take that morning, you know, I'm not quite awake yet, where the the creative mind is, you know, at the surface, just to kind of 
focus that then I do scoot off and do the exercise myself and then I come back and go onto Facebook for the free writing and meditation meditation first and free writing then follows I have been getting up at 540 to do a bunch of things like this and I you just made me realize that yes I want to get up at five now and do and and touch the work, touch the real work, because sometimes I do get so involved in doing the free writing and my yoga and my meditation that by the time I hit the page, I'm like, oh God, I don't remember what I was doing yesterday. But breaking the seal, like you just said, like touching the real work, and then so it's there, and then going back to it sounds marvelous. Just, just a short, it, yeah. honestly, five or ten minutes. Okay, maybe then... five. Maybe I'll get up at five twenty. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, be nice to yourself. You're 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 as early as I am. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I love don't early. Don't too many of these crazies. Yeah, I just do. I I love the morning ritual. It's really really important to me. Now, if somebody wanted to know more about these three practices, do you have these in a book right now? The, it's the, coming. I have that's a the one nine that's coming, books. right? Yes, I have a nine book series coming around all this stuff uh, called Go Creative Series. And this is the one I was talking about that uh, part of it was out before I withdrew it and it completely changed and became much more focused specifically on creatives and creative entrepreneurs and the whole idea of making a living from the thing you most love to do, whatever your passion is, passion powered enterprise. So, um, yeah, all of that would be in that. But uh, an amount of it is already there on my blog. So I have morning flow practice. And, you know, so if you just Google Orna Ross and any other words that I have mentioned, (laughs) it'll probably pop up. And I'm not on it, but I assume you have a newsletter as well that we could subscribe to to let us know when that's coming out. Absolutely. Yes, I have. I have specifically for this Go Creative stuff. I have a specific list for that. Perfect. I will put that link also so people can subscribe and and be because I I need to have that the day it comes out. I really do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, (laughs) what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Well, best book I read recently, I it's August. So August is a great time for me. I, I'm, I'm freer than I am for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And I always find myself going back and, and rereading a classic. And um, it was Wuthering Heights I read. Oh, my which God, I, I love that book. Yeah, fell in love with as a, as a kid and haven't really read again since. And, and so I read it and it was really interesting reading it now because technically it's it's a very interesting book um, as a writer to be reading it. You know, it's got a very complex narrative structure and the way in which it is set up. And, you know, you've got all these questions about why she set it up that way. And then it's quite flawed in some ways, particularly in the second half. And yet the passion and the emotion and, you know, all of that is just so completely overwhelming and absorbing. It just reminded me that that's the most important thing that, you know, the technical stuff. Actually, we I think we're so super skilled now because of all the communication between writers and writing teachers and coaches and everything, you know, that we. We know so much more technically now, but I actually think the challenge for us now is that letting go and and allowing passion to to flow. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. So it was just um, an amazing experience. I'm I'm kind of uh, really feeling it at a physical level, the book. And yeah, so it's it was it reminded me as well. It brought back to when a book could really shake your world, and I I feel that. Yeah, so. I don't think I reread it since I was about twenty, and but I I re- I must have read it 
10 or 15 times as a teenager just because, and I didn't know what was happening, but I remember that raw emotion. And, um, and I, now of course, as, as you're seriously, your biggest fan girl, I'm just going to go start reading it again. I've been meaning to reread, um, <laughs> Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre recently because they had such a, an immense effect on me and, and really drove me to want to be the writer that I am. So, yeah. Amazing. I, yeah, right back at you. That's exactly me too. Um, and I think they had that effect on a huge number of, of women writers, you know, of a particular generation, especially, yes, but, you yes. know, I think of, of multiple generations. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, what would you like to tell us about right now? We can find you at com. Anything else do you want to share with us that, um, my listeners should go out and check out immediately besides everything? <laughs> I think that the the coming for your particular listenership, I think the coming Go Creative series is probably what's of most interest. Um, you know, right. in that it will be it will be most relevant. I am what else am I doing? I'm putting together a collection, a poetry collection from I release my poems in small pamphlets and then every so often I do a selection of the ones I call them keepers. So I'm putting together a selection of keepers, which are kind of the ones that I feel have most legs. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm doing that. Yeah. And I've just, um, this is just apropos of nothing, but I've just finished a film script and I'm really, really happy about that because I had never written in that uh, way before. So I just kind of taught myself how to write script. And That's exciting. So, yeah. And I'm going to, it. I actually did it as a way of approaching my a novel that I was a bit stuck on and it really, really helped um, because it was, I was a bit lost in the research. I just loved it. And um, so that was why I started off. I thought, you know, if I sketch this out just in dialogue and stage directions, that will keep me focused. And it did exactly that. So now I'm turning it back into um into fiction but um yeah i really enjoyed the, the process of doing that so i will put it up on the website so that people can compare the script and the novel if anybody has the time to do any such thing that is anyway. <laughs> very cool it, because it's the ultimate outline if it works in script form you're going to be able to expand it into a novel Exactly. I can take it now and have fun with going off into description, knowing that yes. it is actually relevant to the spine of the story. Whereas I had got myself into a point of writing, you know, I was writing thinking, am I even going to keep this? You know, yes. where does, it does fit, but where, you know, and so on. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And I may well outline that way in future, I think, because yeah. something about it that comes pretty quickly, if you're just keeping it to, to what would appear up on a screen. Yeah. I find you so inspiring. I cannot handle it. I just, <laughs> I, I really just want to go conquer the world. And, um, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to us and our listeners. And I know that they're feeling the same way. And I cannot thank you enough for the work you do and for spending this time with me today. Oh, thank you, Rachel. An absolute pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>